When someone tells us that they are going to do something, we expect and should expect that they will do it. The fact of the matter is that we have all been let down in our lives. We have all been let down. I remember when we were growing up, when we were just little kids, Chris and I, my dad would take us to school, and he had purchased a, at this particular time, he had, I don't know what phase he was going through, but he bought a little two-door sports car, um, an MG, if you're familiar with those. It's a British car, and it was really a two-seater, if you're familiar with these. It was the MGB, and, um, and so, but there were three of us. Those were, there was Dad and Chris and then me, and so basically I got stuck sitting in the little compartment that is like behind the two seats, and so, you know, I was able to do it. And I remember that, you know, we would have to get out of the house to get to school on time. And there were a couple times that we would get there late. And, you know, and, and I think it was, whose fault was it? It wasn't our fault. And, and, and I, got, I got confirmation here. It wasn't our fault. And, 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 and I was one of these, I desperately didn't want to be late for school because if you were late for school... I don't know if you will remember this. This is what this school did. If you were late, you were the one that had to go take all the erasers down to the eraser cleaner. These kids today, they don't know how good they have it. <laughs> you had to take the stack of erasers down to this machine in some back, you know, industrial closet somewhere and rub the erasers over this. It was like a vacuum. And it would just, I guess, suck the chalk out of the erasers. And I didn't want to do this. So I just wanted to be on time. And uh, so we started giving Dad a hard time about sometimes making us late. And he said, have I ever let you down? And we were like, yes, Dad, you let us down. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to have to clean the erasers when I get to school. If, if we've all been let down, right? We've all been let down by someone who said they're going to do something, they're going to be there, they're going to make sure something's taken care of. And it can be a real bummer. Now, if the worst of it in your life is that you'll have to clean the erasers, I guess that's not too bad, but it, 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 it gets worse from there when, when you're let down in life. Now, unlike all other people in the world, God has said some things. He has made some promises, and he has guaranteed those things. And our Heavenly Father will never let us down. Amen? He's never going to let us down. God made a promise to man, and specifically to Abraham. Remember when we were going through Genesis, and I told, and we said, Genesis, the foundation of everything. Remember the trailer and everything? The Genesis, the foundation of everything. So here we are in in Romans tonight, but we're going to actually go back to Genesis and talk about the promise that God made with Abraham, and it's found in Genesis 12, and I'm going to read from verses 2 and 3. Um, I'm not going to have it on the screen. You can just listen. This is what God said to Abraham. He said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. 
and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then down in chapter 15, verse 5, God said to him, look, this actually will be on the screen behind me, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Wow. God made an incredible promise and he really kind of said some pretty incredible things that, that just to bring those, I mean, he, you know, he could have made a promise like, look, I'll make you a cherry tree or something and like, you know, done that pretty easily. But now this is a promise that is encompassing all of the people of the world. It's encompassing just a, a, just a mass situation. God has made a, pre, a promise to Abraham and the whole world. He said, all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. God said he would bless Abraham. Now, if, if the promise was that all families of the earth would be blessed through the promise to Abraham, then I'm part of a family, and I'd like to get in on that blessing. Amen? Do I have any takers here tonight? You, you have a family? I, I want to be one of those blessed families. I want to be one of those blessed people. I want to get in on that promise. I, I, I need a blessing. Anybody here need a blessing? You will be blessed if you believe the promise of God. Amen? Verse 6 of Genesis 15 says this in response to the promise that God made with Abraham. It simply says this, speaking about Abraham. It says, and he believed in the Lord. And he believed in the Lord. And this is how it happens. When you believe the word of the Lord, when you believe his truth, when you believe his gospel, when you believe his word, you become a child of the promise. Tonight, we're going to talk about how in Romans 4, how it's important that we realize and realize that that's what we're identified with, that we're people of promise, that we're children of promise. And so I've got a, a couple, two, three points here for you tonight. If you're taking notes, they all begin with the letter C. And the first one is this, count on God, count on God. Let's pick it up in verse 13 of Romans 4. It says this, for the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect, because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is transgression." Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So one of the things that you need to do if you're going to be a child of promise, if you're going to be an heir of this promise, if you're going to take advantage of this promise that God made, is that you count on God, that you count on God. We're to count on God, and that's just another way of 
of saying faith, that we believe upon him, that we trust him, that we, that we say to the Lord, you're my Lord, you're my God. And, and that's really what it is. Lord, you are it, you are Lord. And I'm believing upon you, I'm putting my full uh, faith and trust in you, believing in him and in the promise of his salvation. So how does this first take place? Well, first, you have to hear him, right? You have to hear what, is, what he's saying to you. You have to hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord has to come to you and so that you can then believe upon it. And the word of the Lord came to Abraham. It first came to him when he was in Babylon. He was in a particular area of Babylon called Ur, Ur of the Chaldees, of the Chaldeans, really. And so he was in Babylon, and God was going to call him out of Babylon and call him to be this new, the, the father of this new nation, this new people that he was going to then bless all the nations of the earth through him. So he spoke to Abraham and he said, here's what I want you to do. Uh, well, I, I'll read it for you. It's in Gen Genesis 12, verse one. He said, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And so this was the word of the Lord that came to Abraham. Hey, I, I want you to leave your, your, your town, your country, your state, you know, your city. You know, this place that, that you've lived in, that you've, you've called home, I, I want you to leave. And, uh, and so this was the word of the Lord. And so the word of the Lord came to him. And so then he's hearing the word of the Lord. And now he's got to believe it, and he's got to obey it. And this is really the call to faith. To, to, when, when you hear the word of the Lord, you have, you know, it's kind of like, okay, there's a you know, fork in the road, really. Are you going to disobey? Are you going to not hear? Are you going to ignore? Or are you going to listen? Are you going to heed the word of the Lord? Are you going to obey what he's saying? He said to Abraham, I want you to leave your country. And there's a couple things here. There's a lot there um, with this whole idea of God calling Abraham to leave his country and to obey him. So one of the things is that God calls us, you know, in some ways, a life of faith is he's calling us into the unknown. He's calling us into a life of obeying him, of listening to him. It's a life of, of adventure. It's a life where, um, you know, you kind of have to let go of what you had in order to embrace what God has for you. And so it's really kind of a perfect picture of what it means to really kind of begin to follow Christ and really to follow Christ all of your life. You know, ha have you let go of the former things? Have you let go of, you know, kind of your old hometown? Because you got a new hometown. We were just talking about this a couple weeks ago. We were talking about how we're part of a a new city. We're part of a new Jerusalem is really the name of it. And, uh, and, and so you need to embrace that. And so in order to do that, you've got to let go of that, that old thing. You got to let go of the old life. So he says, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, some will literally actually have to leave family. You know, Jesus said this, you know, that he says, uh, some, some say that I've come to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword. It's actually a, a, a verse of scripture that's known as the sword of Christ. And the, the, you know, he didn't come to bring, uh, 
you know, unrest or anything like that, but he did come to call people, and in calling people, people are going to be left with a choice uh, of responding to him, and that may involve, for some people, not everybody, but for some, having to walk away from family, having to say, you know what? I am embracing Christ. I'm hearing the word of the Lord. I am going the other way. Now, certainly this is very true for people in the Muslim faith that are coming to salvation in Christ. They literally, um, in order to embrace Christ, they literally have to like say goodbye to their family because their family will turn on them. I actually have a, a, a friend that, uh, that had to do that. And his, he, he told his dad that he had converted to Christ and his dad tried, attempted murder on him, uh, tried to shoot him. And so he basically had to flee out of the house and get out to another country. <laughs> so he had to do exactly uh, what God told Abraham. Um, so he left Egypt, and I don't know how this happened, but he ended up making it to South Africa and making it onto a YWAM base. If you're familiar with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and uh, then eventually got, got here to the United States. But anyways, so this is part of it. It's hearing the word, it's believing it, it's obeying it, and beginning that life of of adventure with him. And then you become a child of promise. You become a, you've embraced the promise is what you've done. There was a promise that God made all those thousands of years ago, and you are embracing that promise that was made. And so right then, you have become a part of God's family, and you have become a, a particular thing that we need to wrap our minds around. We are children of the promise of God. That's who we are. Because it's very important what Paul says here in Romans and what he's specifically targeting uh, in, in this, these particular verses. Let's pick it back up in our text. But the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. So what Paul is saying here in these verses is the promise that God gave to Abraham was not a part of the law. In fact, it predated the law by several hundred years, by about 400. Uh, if you take you know, most uh, you know, scholarly uh, kind of minds on that, about 400 years. So 400 years before, ever before Moses was on Sinai receiving the commandments, God was making a promise to Abraham. And so what Paul's saying in this text in Romans 4 is he's saying, you are a part of God's family. You are a child of the promise, not through the law, not through a promise that came through the law, but something that was before the law, something that preceded the law. And so in that sense, it is, it's kind of like, you know, not that the law is diminished in any way, but it's kind of up here, so to speak. And, and then Paul goes on. He says, uh, not only to those who are of the law, so that, so that this promise might be available, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So what Paul is arguing here is he's saying, you were a child of the promise, not through the law, and this is done, so, this was God's plan, and the way God did it was so that it could be to all the people who, of the world. It could be to all the families of the world. 
because if you've been following in the, in the text, in, in Romans here, Paul's been kind of arguing, <laughs> you know, he's been basically making the case that, that we're not saved through the law, it's great that you have a heritage. It's great that you grew up in the family of God or a family that knew God or, you know, to the Jews, he would say, yeah, it, it's great, a, a godly heritage in that sense. But really what's important is hearing the word and believing upon it. And, and so that's where it's accessible. That's where it's accessible. And so it's not through the law, it's by faith. And, it's, and, and, and how does everyone get saved? I've answered this question, how... how how was Abraham saved? How was, how was anybody saved, especially before Christ? They're saved the exact same way that we're saved today. By hearing the word of the Lord and by believing upon it and trusting God. That's it. That's it. Now, the law has a specific, a specific purpose. Uh, let's go on, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed, God, who gives life of the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we, we count on God, and that's faith, and that's coming into the family, that's being a, 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 a children of the promise. And then we move forward with just having confidence in the word, having confidence in the promise. So, and confidence in the promise or confidence in the word can be summed up in one word, hope. Hope. So for Abraham, um, there, there was a lot of hope involved. There was hope involved to leave his, leave his family, leave his country, and that God was going to take him to a new country, a new place. I, I say this all the time when talking about Abraham getting out of Ur. He, he's like, look, I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you about it where it is right now. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to let you know that you're there when you get there. You know, it's like I just want you to get out. I just want you to get out on the road, and I'm going to lead you. I'm going to direct you. I'm going to bring you to the place, and it's 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 going to be great. And so he it, it began with faith. It began with counting on God, believing on Him, and having hope that He was going to do what he said he was going to do, that he was going to bring him to a land, that he was going to bring him to a land. And that's what we have hope tonight. We have hope that God's bringing us to a land. We're, we're headed to a land, right? We're headed uh, you know, to the kingdom. We're in the kingdom, but we're headed to the kingdom come, amen? And then there was another time that we've talked about in Genesis that, that God had to, uh, that Abraham had to believe um, in things being alive or being even resurrected. There was the time that, that in chapter 22 of Genesis that God said, I want you to take your son, the, ch- the son of the promise. I want you to take Isaac, your only son, 
and I want you to take him to a place and I want you to offer him to me on the mountain. And, uh, and the writer of Hebrews tells us about the faith of Abraham in that particular situation. He tells us this, that Abraham believed that even if he actually went through with offering his son Isaac on the, on the altar, that God was going to raise him from the dead. So literally, Abraham's faith was hearing the word of God, believing it, obeying it, and believing in resurrection, believing in the power of the resurrection. And that's exactly how we're saved today, that we hear the word, we believe upon it, we obey it, we obey the gospel, we trust it, and we're believing, we're hoping, we're believing in the resurrection, and we have hope for the future resurrection. Amen? Amen. So it's incredible. And then, of course, before he ever got to the mountain with his son, Isaac, he had to believe upon God to actually give him Isaac. And this is what Paul's talking about in our text here where he's talking about uh, verse 18. He says, who, Abraham, in contrary to hope, in hope he believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So God took him out and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. This is where he changed his name to, from Abram to Abraham, which means father, Ab, Ab, Ab is father, right? It's, it's father of many nations. So you're going to be Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. And look up to the heavens, look to the stars, and if you were able to count them, so shall your descendants be. Okay, let's take a deep breath. In order for that to happen, God, you're going to have to do something. I'm going to have to trust you. You're going to have to do something because I'm 100 years old. <laughs> I'm 100 years old. And Sarah is 90. We're not just these young little chickadees. Chick you know, we're not like the, hot, the hotties or whatever walking around the youth group, you know, anymore. We're old. And so God had, Abraham had to believe God. He had to believe, and this is, what, this is the way Paul puts it. He says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb, the Word there in the Greek is actually necros and necrosis. You're familiar with that, with that, um, that prefix? So he did not consider literally the deadness of his wife's womb. He said, you know what? I'm going to set that over here, and I'm going to believe that God can do this. I'm going to believe that God can actually deal with deadness. And that's what it means to be a Christian. Amen. That's what it means to be a child of the promise. And that's why this is the law has a place. The law has a purpose. I actually, Christian, I want you to go back to a verse. I skipped a verse. Back in Galatians uh, 3, verse 18. Throw that back up there if you can find that. Paul said a very similar thing in Galatians, similar argument. He says, for if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. 
So he's saying in Romans that this is not of the law. He's saying in Galatians, this is not of the law. This is of the promise that was given to Abraham. Now the law has a particular purpose. If you're in Galatians 3 and you read that all the way to the end, yeah, that's the section where Paul basically says, yeah, the law had a purpose. We were placed under the law and it was like a, a, it was a pedagogue. It was a, it was a schoolmaster. It, we were placed under the charge of the law so that it, and the law's purpose was that it would bring us to Christ. So, you know, you have all the laws. You have all the laws. And, you, it, and it doesn't take you long to start looking at all the laws and going through them and realizing, I can't do this. <laughs> I'll never, ever be able to do this. In fact, I am encouraged when I read Acts chapter 15, remember when there was the council at Jerusalem and, and the apostles called the council and they were going to, they actually had to call a council of the church leadership and decide, okay, what are we going to do with these Gentiles that are getting saved? Okay, so back in Acts 10, Paul, uh, Peter uh, is like, you know, taking a nap on a roof and uh, he gets a knock at the door. The next thing he knows, he's up the coast at Caesarea preaching to these people that are Gentiles, and there's, there's people getting saved, and they're Gentiles, and, 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 and Peter's like, oh, goodness, I, I, you know, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. You know, God's just doing a crazy thing. And so in, ch in chapter 15, they're actually deciding, okay, what are we going to do with the Gentiles that are getting saved? Do they need, should they become Jews first, and then they can properly be a Christian? Or is it just, okay, so they came up with this really short list of things. I think it's like four things. And part of Peter's argument was, and you can read it there in Acts 15, why would we put on the Gentiles the very thing that was this huge burden to us that we couldn't even bear? So let's, let's think about this. Let's get the mind of the Spirit. Let's get the mind of God. And they said, we're going we're gonna, to, and there's don't have time to get into the, to the meaning of those four things, but very important things that, got, that, um, that, that, that they decided uh, that each Gentile what was to do. But, it's, but that's all to say that it's, it's through faith. It's through faith, and it's believing on the Word, and it's believing that God can do something about deadness. Uh, and, and, and that's, a, that's an incredible word. That's an incredible word right there. Mm -hmm. He didn't waver. He didn't stagger. Verse 20, back in Romans 4. He was strengthened in, in, in faith. He was strengthened in faith. Now, maybe you're here tonight and you need to be strengthened in faith. You need to be strengthened in your faith. Ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. Go back and look at the promise again. Read the promise Realize that it is true, that it is sure, that the promises of God are yes and amen, yes. That, that when he made the promise with Abraham, he, Abraham was half asleep looking at, God, at, I believe, Jesus. He saw an oven walking in between the, right. you know, the, the sacrifice, right. and Abraham's over there going, what's going on over there? You know, who is it? It's God. And he's making this promise. He's cutting this covenant. Yes. And, he's, and he's basically signing both lines on the, on the deal. Because if we had to sign it, we wouldn't have been able to live up to our end of the bargain. We would have probably, you know, we would have faltered. We would have gone, you know, they would have had to send collection agency after us. Right. <laughs> we would have got letters in the mail. 
You know? You're not doing it. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. We know. We know. We can't do it. But I believe God. But I believe Jesus. But I believe in his ability to do something about deadness and death. Amen? So Abraham was fully convinced that God would make good on his promise. And that's the question for each one of us. Are we fully convinced? Are you, are you fully convinced? Do you have, you have confidence in the Word of God? And, you know, we remind ourselves of that confidence every day. Encourage ourselves, you know, looking to the Word, looking to the promise, encouraging ourselves and, 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 and looking at it. I mean, it, it's amazing to me it, it, in the day and age that we live in, the stuff that people think they have confidence in. You know, well, I've got confidence in this, and I've got confidence that this person over here is telling the truth, and this person, and this news agency, and this, what? Well, that's some confidence. <laughs> I'll tell you what I got some confidence in. I got, I got confidence in the Lord. I've got confidence in the, in the Word. I've got confidence in the promise that he made, that he gave to Abraham, that he signed, sealed, and delivered. And then he came into this world, walked this earth, walked to a place called Calvary, laid down his life, and was raised up on the third day, came out of the tomb, and here we are. We have a hope. We have a hope, and we need to be strengthened in that hope. We need to be strengthened in that faith. And the result of this, the result of this, is that that's what is counted to your ledger as righteousness. So look at it, verse 22. Pick it up, verse 21, so we can get the context. And being fully convinced that he, that, that he had promised, that what he had promised, he was able to perform, Paul says, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so... We've got to count on God. We've got, to, we've got to have confidence in the word, and then we've got to call upon his name. So let's finish this up. Verse 23. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered up because of our offense and was raised because of our justification. So let's look at that kind of flowing together from verse 22 into 23 and following. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now this was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us that it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. So it wasn't just, okay, so what? What is the verse? The verse is Genesis 15, verse 6. I'll have it on the screen behind me. And he believed, Abraham, and he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. God put all the righteousness, all the righteousness of God 
he put into the account of Abraham because he believed upon God's word. He believed upon the promise. And so it was accounted to him for righteousness. And Paul is saying here that that verse of Scripture right there, you still got it up there? No, Genesis 15. Stay with me. Genesis 15, 6. Where is it? Did you have it up there? You never had it? Oh, well, I... <laughs> Come on. Get with, where? Genesis 15, 6. It's not up there? I don't have it? Oh, all right. Well, then good. We just made a whole point of it so that you'll have to look at it all on your own thing. Okay? <laughs> that was all just we had that plan. Christian and I had that plan. We had that plan so that it would be a whole thing that it would drive home the point of what Genesis 15, 6 says. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Who count, accounted it? God accounted it to him for righteousness. And that verse of scripture, Genesis 15, 6, was not just the first that tells us, hey, look, Abraham's a good guy and look at him and he's a lucky guy and look at this man, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. He got all this accounted right into his account. He got righteousness. You know, he went to the spiritual ATM machine. And, oh, righteousness. Got the little receipt. <laughs> I am in the righteousness of God, right? It was for you too. It was for you too. It was for me. It was for anybody who believes upon Christ. It was for anybody who believes, who calls upon the name of the Lord, who believes upon Christ, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offense and was raised because of our justification. If you believe upon Christ, if you have called upon his name, then that verse is, this, is true for you. I keep pointing back there and it's not up there. I wish it was up there. It's my fault. If we leave, if, we, if, if you leave with anything tonight, you leave with that verse, Genesis 15, 6, is there, Paul says, for you. For you who believe. For you who trust. And so... We are, a, we are children of God, and we are a, a particular type of children. We're children of the promise. That we have a Heavenly Father that made a promise, and He has made good on that promise. And there's a lot that He's made good on so far. You think of all that He's done from the moment that He called Abraham and gave him the promise. All that he's made good on, all the way up through the resurrection and the miracles in the New Testament, and all the way up to this very moment that we are here tonight right now. And he's going to continue to make good on those promises until he calls us to be in his manifest presence in glory. Amen? Amen. So, your children of your children of promise. Your children of promise. You can walk around with just like you won the 
Powerball of righteousness. <laughs> Amen. You hit all the numbers and the Powerball and the whole thing, and there it is. And you got it because of him, because he's a God of his word.